You're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. Hello, welcome to the Metal and High Heels podcast. My name is Pia. I am here with... Kiki. And we have two guests today, Christelle and Mara, who both are journalists here in Germany, also for football. And that's also the topic of this episode. Um, when we talk about football, we mean the European football. So that's what Americans would call soccer. And from now on, we will only talk about football. So yes. just that you know... <laughs> what we're talking about. <laughs> um, the two women we have as guests today started a podcast project recently together with more than 20 other women here in Germany. Um, and that's a podcast called Früf, that in Germany it is Frauen reden über Fußball. And I really like the English translation because its short form would be WTF. Yeah. Women talking football. <laughs> Please introduce yourselves and explain your connection to football. Uh, yes, hi, uh, I'm Christelle. Um, I'm, yeah, I live in Germany. I'm a, a football fan. I, I already say sorry because I will often say soccer instead of football, but I mean football, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes, um, I'm a fan of FC Augsburg, um, a Bundesliga club, uh, here in Germany, uh, who is not so famous, or which is not so famous, I think, uh, out of Germany, apart from the fact that we managed to end up in Euro League once uh, some years ago and even played in Anfield uh, as Liverpool, which is really great. Yeah, wow. and yeah, I started this um, this uh, podcast with, uh, yeah, lots of other great uh, women because I felt it was a good idea to have a show talking about football where it's only women talking about football because all other football podcasts I knew were only men or mostly men talking about football, which is kind of boring. <laughs> True. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> I think I'm done, yes. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hi, um, my name is Mara. Um, I live uh, in Wiesbaden and um, my connection with football uh, started um, at an early age when I used to watch the big tournaments together with my dad. But like that was about it when I was little. And then um, when I went off to college after high school, I moved to Mainz and um, Mainz had by then um, a second uh, division team, uh, Mainz 05. And um, I started going there and pretty much instantly fell in love with a club um, which has uh, kind of an, an underdog image and was um, constantly fighting um, to uh, go up to the first league, uh, which then after a couple of years uh, actually happened. And then uh, they went back down and then back up and have been a first league club ever since. And um, during uh, my um, college time, um, I, I started working um, as a journalist freelancer and um, I started writing about uh, football in the beginning. I did that uh, mainly um, in a blog. And then, um, well, the two things, being a journalist and blogging about football and being a football fan kind of merged. And I started writing more and more about uh, football. And by now it's well, one of the main topics um, I'm, I'm working on. And um, 
Yeah, uh, uh, Christelle and I uh, have uh, known each other on Twitter for quite some time. And, you know, uh, I do you remember, Christelle, the first time we had like uh, a little, um, well, a little fight um, during a game, uh, Augsburg Mainz, and afterwards uh, you wrote me a message if uh, I wanted to come into your podcast as a guest and we talked about the match and that's pretty much how I remember uh, it started uh, with the two of us. And well, yeah, now we're both part of that brilliant project and uh, it's, a, it's a good thing, I think, because as Christelle said, most of the football podcasts have a man talking with each other or man talking with one woman. And um, the thing that uh, Früff does differently is uh, that there are many women talking with each other about football. And I think that is a perspective um, that needed to be established. And um, I'm, I'm very happy to be part of that. As people can imagine, um, you both call yourself feminists and that's something that we're going to talk about later. Um, and we also want to compare um, the, the metal scene and women in the metal scene and women in football scene. But before we talk about that, I think we, in this podcast, in the Metal and High Heels podcast, we sometimes um, said that we like football, Kiki and I, but we never told the story how we became football fans. So maybe, Kiki, you can tell us how you became a football fan. Oh my gosh, yes, please. <laughs> I've been waiting for this day. <laughs> I've been looking forward so much to talk, uh, to tell this story. Um, but first of all, um, I want to congratulate you to um, Christelle and Mara for... Um, for starting uh, or for being part and for uh, doing this um, uh, Women Talking Football podcast because it, it is totally true. It's like most of the football commentators are always men and every time there is a woman in like football, um, and we will discuss this later, but every time there's a, there's a female football commentator, it's like... Um, I don't know. It's very weird. Anyway, I, I really, I really like uh, that you uh, are talking about this topic on your podcast. And uh, if you, uh, if we have any German speakers out there listening to us, I totally recommend uh, subscribing to uh, Frauen reden über Fußball um, because I did, and it was very interesting and also very entertaining and funny. And I laughed, and um, this is why I'm so happy to have you two together here for our on our podcast. But it was, it was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> it was your idea. Well, you. well, that's debatable because I've been wanting to do something uh, uh, with football uh, on metal and high heels in general on the magazine and the podcast for a long time as well. And I just didn't know how to how to um, do it, how to make it. I pointed to you a while ago an Instagram account that is this fangirl. This fangirl on Instagram, it's an account from the UK, yeah. um, giving also a platform for all of the female football fans in the UK from very uh, many different clubs. And um, that's also something really nice because, and I, I think the connection for me is that um, women in football, be it on the, uh, on the, I mean, as fans, 
because on the field, of course, there are just as many women as, as there are men, but uh, female football fans are kind of a minority, just the same as, or, or are perceived as a minority, just the same as metal, female metal fans are perceived as a minority. And we should uh, make all these women visible um, in all of these areas. So, yes. This fangirl also recommended. And if you are looking for podcasts and Instagram accounts that I am uh, talking about, uh, don't forget to follow us as well <laughs> at Metal High Heels, at Metal and High Heels everywhere out there. And yeah, I'm going to keep talking now. How did you become a football fan? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about my rambling. I'm going to uh, get to the topic now. So, um, I grew up here in Quito. Ecuador is just as football fan of a country as any other out there. Um, but my household, the household I grew up in, uh, was not. My dad is actually was always against football, and he uh, wanted to um, to make my brother and me just as a big car racing fan as he was. My dad was always into Formula One, always uh, watching Michael Schumacher and all of the rest um, race, and uh, that was great. I tried to get into that. I uh, would get up at 6 a.m. Uh, to watch those races uh, on the weekend, but I would also fall asleep. Um, so uh, but it didn't really work out. And I don't really have many memories of my childhood or growing up of me being interested in football either. So I have a vague memory of the World Cup in 94. But the one I remember is the one in 2006. Also because it was very important for Ecuador because it was the first time and, well, one of two only times where Ecuador got into the Football World Cup. Didn't they play, play Germany too? Sorry. I think so. They were in the same group. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. And it actually put Ecuador on the map for many, many people out there in the world. Because before, I, I was in Germany for the first time in 2003 uh, for a student exchange. And people didn't know where Ecuador was. They thought it was in, in Africa somewhere. But after the World Cup in 2006, people knew where it was <laughs> and knew where I came from. And the other way around as well, uh, it put some German cities on the map for me, which I didn't know before, like Dortmund and Gelsenkirchen. And um, yeah, so that's that's like a fun, fun fact memory of uh, football for me. When I was 19, I went to study in Germany, in the south of Germany, in Karlsruhe. And the funny thing is, while I was studying, I was working at the stadium's restaurant as a waitress. So I got like in contact with all of the games happening uh, for the uh, KSC down there, but I never watched a game. <laughs> And um, but I, I I also started to learn about all of the rivalry between between the German clubs. And later in 2010, I moved to Dortmund and Dortmund is obviously football crazy. And I learned that as soon as I arrived and at first I, I was very reluctant to like um, get to know the, the whole 
the whole subject. I remember that um, in 2011, Dortmund were, uh, won the championship and I didn't want to go into the city because I knew there's going to be so many people there and they're probably going to be drunk and I'm not in the same mood as they are. So that's going to be bad for me. So I'm going to stay at home and I am going to watch Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's how I avoided that. Um, but the summer afterwards, uh, because shortly after in 2011, I... Um, I met my now husband and he comes from Dortmund um, his whole life. He's been there and he's lived there and he is a Dortmund fan, obviously. So uh, at first it was like, um, for me, it was this feeling of, okay, if the team wins, he's going to be in a good mood. So I better wish as well that the team wins so that we have a cool weekend in a good mood. <laughs> oh, I know, know that. I know that. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> yes. But it's at least a first, uh, the first time I felt I was rooting for, for Dortmund. <laughs> and, but yeah, I mean, maybe not very well justified, but I was uh, rooting for them somehow. And the summer of 2012, um, Dortmund won the championship and the cup. And that was such a huge celebration. And since I was already kind of rooting for the team, um, my then boyfriend and I went out to the city and then we, I was participant of this whole party all around the city. And it was so amazing. I had a great time. So shortly after in September of 2012, and yes, I, I have, I have a notes. I took note of all of my history because it's very, it's very cool. That was my first time in the stadium. And you have to, you have to picture this. This is a huge stadium of 80,000 people. And it, most of them I dressed in, in, in black and yellow. And I'm standing there. And yes, I'm also in, in I, I'm also wearing a, um, a Dortmund jersey that I borrowed from my boyfriend. And I'm standing there. And I'm just, I'm not even looking at the game. I'm just looking at the fans because they are singing with such passion and and i was just i was really really impressed and since then i think i call myself a borussia dortmund fan because it was just so much love in the air for this team and 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 they were suffering when when the game was going badly and and it was so ah uh, so emotional so really full of feelings and emotions that uh, since then i really love to go to the stadium with uh, with my husband uh, we've also gone to um, to matches elsewhere. I've been in Berlin a couple of times in the cup finals. Um, I remember in 2015 when they lost against uh, Wolfsburg and I was so angry. I had had a few beers and I was <laughs> super angry and started screaming at people because they weren't singing the, the songs because by then I, of course, knew all the songs by heart. <laughs> and people were just sitting there watching the match and it was so important and they didn't even say anything. And I was so angry because, of course, all of this uh, passion, yeah, it just came into me as well. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and that's the story of how I became a football fan. <laughs> that was Jurgen Klopp's uh, last match with Dortmund, right? It's very possible, yes. Yeah, that was before he left, I remember. Because everybody thought, well, they're playing Wolfsburg. 
And oh well, I'm sorry to say that because Becky is probably gonna hear it because she's uh she's the one that founded Frif together with Christel. But everybody else thought, you know, oh. Dortmund is gonna beat Wolfsburg easily, and so he's gonna go out with a big triumph. But then he didn't, which was kind of sad. Yeah, it was super sad. His farewell was also super sad. Mm. Um, But he's also the reason why I root for Liverpool every time <laughs> they play. As a Mainz 05 uh, fan by heart, I know the feeling. We all feel like we're part of every step he takes. <laughs> yes. My story of becoming a football fan is very short and very boring. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, one Saturday evening in 1999, I was really bored and I zapped through TV. And then I stopped at the final game of the DFB Pokal, which is the German Cup, I would say. Um, and there, there was Werder Bremen yeah. against Bayern München. And I didn't know anything about football, but I knew that Bayern München was the best team in Germany. Um, later, I found out that the season was very important for Werder Bremen because they almost moved down in the league and they managed um, to, to stay in the first football league in Germany, in the Bundesliga. And they won this final. And I'm... Not sure anymore if they uh, won in the penalty shots or before that. I also knew that Oliver Kahn was a very, very good keeper. Um, yeah, and they won against Bayern München. And I was like, oh, they must be a great team. And I um, ran to my parents and said, now I am a fan of Werder Bremen. They <laughs> 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 were like, cool, let's go to the stadium next season. And I was like, yeah, let's go to the stadium. And I got, uh, as a Christmas present, a scarf and something else so uh, some merchandise and then we went to the stadium and all of us liked it and so we went there more often together um, as a family trip and then we had um, tickets for every um, Heimspiel <laughs> for <Season> every game <laughs> yeah we had season tickets then and mm -hmm. went there and I stopped doing this when I moved to Hamburg for studying so the time that I lived with Uh, at my parents' house, we always went to the football games together. That's my short and boring history. <laughs> <laughs> I think my story is even more. It's so cool boring. though because it became it became a family thing, and you have emotional memories about that because it became a family thing and and stuff like that. <laughs> totally one thing that i um that i want to to note at this time is that here in ecuador um there are of course many clubs and different teams but there are like four maybe main ones and most of the country or at least most of of quito most of the 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 capital they divide themselves between first of all, the two teams that come from Quito from the city and um, the two other important teams. But in Germany, it's like where you are born, it might determine your football fandom forever. Yes, it does. <laughs> well, not necessarily. <laughs> not in my case. 
Not always, but it can in most cases or in many cases. So, sometimes that's where you go to college. <laughs> yes. I would be a fan of Wolfsburg if I would choose the next city or Braunschweig. Braunschweig would be much better. <laughs> ah. But uh, you talked about the rainbow corner flags. Uh, Wolfsburg have the uh, the captain's, uh, well, whatever they call it, captain's thingy, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> in, in rainbow and um, through all the teams, uh, men, women and um, the youth teams and um, Nilla Fischer who's uh, playing the, um, the World Cup right now, um, she started that. It was her idea. She brought that into the club. Yeah, I heard that today in oh, your cool. bonus episode um, of Früh. <laughs> There you also talked about that. Um, Mara and Christel, you as journalists in football, how do you see the whole sexism thing regarding the football players now that we have the women championship? Hmm. Well, <laughs> I think uh, like what's what's missing with not being able to look at each other right now is so, uh, when uh, we we don't have a system figured out. Uh, who of us is gonna start answering your questions? And we're both very polite and don't want to be interrupting each other. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, do you want to start, Kristai? No, no, it's okay. You wanna start? <laughs> okay, already well, have it's fine. <laughs> I think we'll say the same thing. <laughs> I, I just wanted to make, you know, the, the polite introduction thing. No, but, um, well, I think um, uh, sexism um, for, for the players um, has been um, a big topic um, around this World Cup. And um, I, I think it's really important that we have been uh, reading and hearing a lot of the stories, not only from the teams that qualified for the Cup, but also um, uh, from teams um, all over the world um, that well, didn't make the, the World Cup, but um, also used this opportunity to talk about um, the things uh, that, that might have happened to them. And um, my impression in general is that this World Cup uh, has, uh, has gotten and is still getting a lot of coverage. And I think that's a really good thing. And I think it's very important um, to use um, that um, that audience that uh, the women have right now um, to talk about what's still uh, going badly for them. Um, of course, it's not every country, it's not every team, it's not every woman, but um, sexism for the players still is a topic they're dealing with. As you know, I mean, pretty much every woman that is in a field that used to be mainly a man's field knows, you know, that uh, the the thing uh, the topic is still um, urgent. And so um, I'm I'm really happy um, that there's uh, so much coverage right now, and I hope that this cup uh, is uh, in general so, um, will well when we look back will be seen as um, a point in time where things started to change for the better for the women yeah, and i also have the um, the impression that more and more newspapers stop saying explicitly that it is women who play they talk yeah. about the national teams and not they they don't say this is women football this is not real football which you could um think when you just read this is the women's world cup so that's a very good thing and um my impression also is that more and more people pay attention 
yeah, to the and game. Yeah. You see that there there have already been um well I don't I don't know all the numbers um uh, like uh, you know right now out of um out of my mind but um I've been uh, reading up on this and um the the viewers uh, in in certain uh, parts of the world have been tremendously like the audience has been way bigger than it used to be. Brazil, uh, for instance, I remember reading um, that uh, the the last game the Brazilians uh, played uh, during the tournament had uh, like massive viewers um, compared to to earlier tournaments. And what you said about the whether um, newspapers say uh, football or women's football, I mean, of course, there are certain situations where you compare things or like. If you write a book about football, maybe it's helpful to say on the cover, are you talking about men's football or women's football um, or women's football? But um, I, I think it's good to stop saying it's a women's World Cup because it's a football World Cup, you know? I mean, it's there's there's no difference. And um, I really like the idea that a couple of, of magazines in Germany, like um, Spiegel was one of them who before the tournament said, we'll stop saying it's women's football because we don't say it's women's tennis or it's women's whatever it's just sports and you know you turn on the tv and you see that there are women playing so yeah that's true. exactly but now, and i also think that the of course we are still having this large discussion about is it really is it is it football or is it women's football or is it even the same sports and I, of course Since I since I'm having this conversation for for ages, I feel uh, I'm getting tired of it. But other people seem to just start watching it and and seem to notice, oh, it's kind of fun. And for them, maybe um, they, they're just starting to to think about all these things. <laughs> and yeah, we 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 can kind of watch them find out that. In the end, it's just football, and having fun with football it does. It's for for that. It's not important if if it's men or women playing or which team exactly is playing. But if the if, if the game is good, then you're having fun, and that's what it's all about. And I really think that when when we watch this World Cup, we can see that of course there are beautiful women playing, and there are women playing which don't fit into. Um, the whole construct of what beauty is or something. And of course, stupid people will say, look at her. Um, she, she, she should not uh, be on TV because she's not beautiful or whatever. But that's, that's nothing people can really say without being looked at. So, and, and, but with this World Cup, we, we just see women play, playing football and having fun and making it really, really good because We see a very, very high level of of, of the of, of sports, I think, and that really makes me happy because when I when I watch these games, I see really good football, and that's really brilliant, and I love that. <laughs> also, what I think has changed um, over the the last couple of years, um, there used to be actually a generation of female players that, like, for themselves, said 
we don't want the comparison. Like, you know, um, a, a woman shoots so many goals and then they compare it with uh, how many goals has a, a certain a male player shot over a tournament. And there used to be a generation of female players that said, we don't need that comparison. It's something totally different. But that has shifted. And I think it's a good thing that it's shifted. Like, if you if you look at Marta and um, how she addressed after her game that she now has shot as many goals as Miroslav Klose, who used to be the player that shot the most goals. And then in the game after that, she shot one more and, uh, well, she even passed him. So um, I think the, the the women are demanding it more for um, for the um, the whole coverage to make it clear that it's the same sport. It's just different people playing it. And I think that's a good thing. That's a great point, yes. Um, in your podcast, Fruf, you um, you also talk a lot from the fan perspective. And you also talk about, or what I, I found was very interesting, was that you talked about how you uh, see other women who are football fans. That was the first episode, I think. That was very interesting. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so... Um, I would like to to hear your opinion on the sexism in football regarding the fans because um, when I when I'm right, you both of you were um, in the where all the fans are in the standing area. Uh, when I went there with with my parents, we were obviously sitting all the time, so we didn't have this connection to the to the ultra scene and to to this whole group of fans. So, what are your experiences there, and how did it develop during the time? Well, I, start? <laughs> yes, I, I thought now I start. <laughs> um, well, I, I think it's interesting because, um, of course, in Augsburg, which is a very young uh, club in, in, in terms of, of Bundesliga football, because we, we just uh, went up into the Bundesliga uh, nine years ago. So it's a very young uh, fan scene, too. And we're missing lots of. Um, uh, The, the topics and, and uh, discussions many fan scenes went through in the in the 80s and 90s because we just were not there. Of course, the club was there, but very, very uh, low <laughs> in class. So um, we're just starting to build this whole um, Bundesliga um, ultra uh, culture. And of course we have it and it's, it's been there for a long time, but not as long as all the other or many other, um, or, and especially not as big and as, as, um, as strong. Um, and I, maybe it's for that reason that um, we don't have lots of idiots, <laughs> as I feel, um, because when I go in the stadium, I, Till now, very, very rarely experienced any sexism, really. Um, but what of what I of course notice is that when I go there, I always go with my sister, and we have, of course, we we have our friends we meet there, and sometimes we you you meet you meet other people who are not normally standing next to you, and well, sometimes when someone standing back of me um, says something that's complete bullshit. Um, sometimes I feel I have to turn and tell him um, that it is bullshit, <laughs> especially if it's um, something not uh, not very nice about against players or the referee or something else. And sometimes they, they really look at me like, 
what's that? That's a woman talking to me like uh, and telling me that what I say about football is not correct. So that's, that's and you're a, also very short, right? You're one meter fifty. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> But well, my in Germany we say klappe. My my mouth is very big. I I speak out. I still speak out very loudly. So. <laughs> And uh, yeah, maybe yes. th those people really just say, uh, okay, there's a, a little dwarf screaming at me. What's happening there? <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, then when, when, they, when they process what I said, in most cases, they, they notice, okay, they, this person seems to know what she's talking about. <laughs> And you really can see in their eyes that they can't, can't understand what's happening. And of course, that's a kind of, sexist situation because I feel that they seem to never have met a girl or a woman knowing what she's doing in football and of course that kind of makes me angry but next moment I think oh come on <laughs> it's 2019 get over it can we talk about football now because what you said that that, that was not a, a wrong uh, action he did what he did was perfectly normal and what you're saying is just bullshit yeah and, but i but i noticed these situations and yeah i think it's um always difficult because uh yeah we we need just more women in the stadiums um being uh yeah um sure with themselves and and happy to to be there and just enjoy the game and not caring about uh, if it's uh, girly or okay for a woman to do so because it is it's just okay for everybody who loves football to go there and that must be the this, uh, the way of thinking everybody has in the stadium and as long as it is not um, yeah well I'll I'll be there and explain them <laughs> yeah oh and I would never engage in a fight with Christelle because she is short <laughs> she's much shorter than me but she's energetic you know you can feel like that heat that's steaming from her if she, something <laughs> pisses her off so I'd be really <laughs> careful <laughs> no but um, I, I had the, the privilege uh, to do an interview a short time ago um, with um, a Mainz 05 fan um, who's been a member of the club for 80 years so he's uh, the longest standing member of the club and um, he told me that when he was a young boy uh, with his first girlfriend they used to go um, to the stadium and that Mainz has uh, even back then always been very uh, women friendly as a fan scene and um, I always felt like that too when I started um, to go to the stadium um, in my experience, um, there's more heat and, and more negative experience with uh, the fans from the opposing team. Not because they're worse in general, but because I think um, if you belong to a fan scene, they will treat you differently. So um, I used to write for a fan scene like many, many years ago for Mainz 05 and um, we used to sell the fan scene uh, ahead of the game. And I have heard the worst remarks uh, talking about sexism while selling that magazine. I mean, that was just horrible sometimes. And um, well, it kind of... I learned to deal with it during that time, 
but um, it was something that really astonished me because um, I didn't expect it. Um, the thing that I see as as an actual problem is that if you talk about sexism in the stadiums and what what women experience a lot of time, um, people will like wave it off and say, "Oh, okay, well that's not though not so bad." And you know the the typical boys will be boys and they don't mean anything by that. But um, I don't think um, that's all right. I don't think uh, well we can let that stand. I think it's important to work towards an environment where every woman and girl feels like she can always go to the stadium, whether she's by herself or in a group of friends and feel safe there. And I think that's something that the fans and the club uh, and the clubs have to work towards. And um, it starts with, with little things like, Uh, I think it's um, good that some of the clubs now have um, separate entrances so that, you know, you automatically as a woman or girl end up with a woman or girl checking you and you don't, well, first face a man and then have to go around and he's making his jokes and then you come to the woman. And I think um, it would be great if um, the club started to like appoint a person that is responsible for women and for women's safety and that women know they can turn to if something goes wrong ever. That's true. I want to add something to that and it is that it should be okay for every um, female person to uh, feel not only to feel good at a stadium, not only in terms of um, safety and um, and these other types of discrimination, but also, you know, um, I don't really know about, don't really know much about the subject, uh, the rules of the sports. For example, I will never understand what the fucking upside is. I refuse to understand it because it, has been explained to me so many times and still I don't get it. Um, but I think it's all right to make questions. And sometimes people look funny, but it's like, dude, if I don't know the rules, <laughs> I'm allowed to ask. I want to understand this. I want to uh, to be able to make all the comments that I imagine Crystal doing very, very, <laughs> very angrily <laughs> the things you were just describing, you know. But if I don't know, if I don't have the, the knowledge to make those remarks, I want to be able to, to ask, even if it's happening it, that moment I, I want to know uh, I want to be able to ask at a stadium why was that a a, a foul or, or or whatever you know what the heck did just happen and and also um it's very funny because we go uh, to the stadium often with my mother-in-law and and she's very loud she has a very loud voice and and Many times she will do those remarks that are, are out of place. You know, she also doesn't really understand the game, but she doesn't care. She just shouts out her opinions and people stare and it's like, so what? And just don't assume that it's not, it's not because we're women that we don't know about football. It's because exactly. Let, let me tell you one thing. What I, what I noticed when I go to the stadium and, I, I have a long history of, of listening to Colinas Erben, who explained the rules very well for me. And many people around me don't understand them. 
and they still scream and 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 shout out their opinions and if if it's men it's totally okay if it's a woman yeah everybody looks at her as a, oh okay that's obvious she's a woman she can't know better and yeah, the thing is uh, yeah that goes back a little bit to what um pia um initially um asked um when when we started Uh, that part um, you you said Pia that we talked about how we uh, look at other women uh, when we're in the stadium mm -hmm. and um, that's something um, when we we researched for the first episode of Fruf and um, how women uh, like come into football and what what gets them in contact with football um, I read a lot of interviews with female football fans and a lot of them said that they hate it when other women at the stadium don't know their shit, you know, and they ask questions and um, it always makes them feel like they have worked so hard <laughs> to be accepted as a woman uh, in football and now there's this other girl and maybe she's dressed girly or she's she's asking stupid things and you feel like that throws all the women that ever went to see a game back and... Um, I felt kind of um well you know how how you get hot cheeks when when you you know you've been doing something wrong and you just realize it in that very moment because I know I've been that woman I've been standing there shooting with my eyes at women that ask stupid questions because I thought you know know your shit first and then come back here but that's really really stupid and we should never do that to each other because as you two just said it should always be okay to have questions and to ask them and it, it doesn't have anything to do with being a woman or being a man. The stupid thing is that we're so used to, like if we ask a question about the offside and then there's always going to be the guy that says, haha, do you want me to show you with handbags or something? And so that has really been silencing women in the football context, but we should never be silenced and we should damn well never do that to each other. Yeah. Amen. That's true. Yay. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, I found that so interesting because um, I was thinking about this in the metal scene um, because when I was younger, I went into every mosh pit and uh, I used, sometimes I also saw other girls, but normally I would be the only girl in the mosh pit. Um, and um, most of my friends were male, uh, were male friends, um, and I was with them in the pit. And so I didn't really have many connections to other female metal fans when I started listening to the music, also because there were not so many. And the women that I saw, um, most of them I thought they are somebody's girlfriend. And I think that's also something that you said in your podcast, that um, some of them are just dressed so differently from from how a man would dress when going to the stadium and also how I would dress when I would go to the stadium because I would wear my tricot um, or some merchandise. Yeah, and that I I felt this comparison to to the metal scene that I did this before, but that also changed. And then I also reflected myself and thought, okay, maybe I I was wrong so many times. <laughs> But it's very good to be um, to become conscious of those uh, mistakes, so to speak. Um, but the other parallel that I wanted to draw to um, the metal scene 
uh, or in comparison to the to the football scene, so to speak, or the fandoms, is um, this kind of gatekeeping, because um, I had a. Um, My story in into the metal scene is very like BS. And I remember like standing alone in between a bunch of, of of men watching a concert. And at some point, someone would ask me, Are you really a fan of this music? And I was like, Yes. And then they would ask me, um, all right, so name other five metal bands. <laughs> and it's like uh -huh. <laughs> Oh. And you know, okay, like, that's 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 parallel for explain me the offside rule. Yeah, yeah no, totally. no, no. I think I think it can also go even um, even further away from that. I remember once I was going uh, home back from the stadium, and it was cold because you know the football season is ninety percent of the football season. I'm freezing so much that I have <laughs> bought myself uh, Borussia gloves now because you know I have to. I have to hold my beer and my hands cannot freeze while I hold my beer <laughs> in the stadium. <laughs> so, uh, which is why I'm also very happy when there are, when there's mold wine in paper cups in the stadium, it's bright yellow wine and it doesn't taste really well. But anyway, so uh, back to my story, I, we were going, um, husband and I were going back from the stadium with the tram and uh, a couple of fans also from Borussia got into the, 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 the tram and I used to wear uh, red glasses like my glasses the frame of my glasses was red and these guys stared at me and they were like uh, no you are a, a Munich fan and I'm like what you think I'm a Munich fan because I'm wearing red glasses what kind of stupid thought is that if you could look under my jacket and under my 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 um all of the layers that I've got going on because it's winter, you would see that I'm wearing a Dortmund jersey, but you can't, you can also only see my glasses. And then they started asking like, uh-huh, so name me five players. <laughs> like, no, I shouldn't have to. No, you name five players. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why do we as women have to um, demonstrate that, you know? Uh, to, to, yeah. Yeah, what's the, what's the word? We have to show everybody else. Uh, that we really that we really belong yeah you have to prove it's like you have to make right you have to you have to make a license first <laughs> fan license right yeah, exactly. look here i have my license i have i have the right to be here <laughs> name the top 11 from the last five centuries that uh, you know were responsible for things that happened to your club well you do it first <laughs> i mean it's absurd yeah. Yes, but I was here longer than you were. I was here already when they were in, in, in Regionalliga. Yes, great. You were yeah, that's because you're old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's yeah. also this kind well. of competition of who's the better fan or yeah. stuff like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. but that exists in both scenes, I think, too. Because there's always the one who, who knows an even less, uh, less uh, famous band who has just started getting out of the garage and they have already known them for ever and you've just met them and then, yeah, of course, yeah, you, you can't know them, but, oh, well, and bam, there you are. As a girl, you can't be such a good um, metal fan because, obvious. Yeah. <laughs> We all know true? those conversations. It's just, oh. 
but that's something nerving really in music in general like when people uh, stand at a um, at a concert and you're like oh my god it's so great and they'll be like well they really only used to be great because before everybody knew them yeah. and like <laughs> but but i you know i already knew them before yeah. they were great so yeah. okay well whatever <laughs> So many parallels. <laughs> <laughs> What I think is interesting about both scenes is um, that you have so many men in both of the scenes, in the metal scene and also the football scene. Um, and I only know from the metal scene, but I think it's more or less the same in football scene that at first nobody really thought about women because they just were not there. I saw a, a very interesting um, documentary by Sam Dunn who um, who talked about the history of metal music and there he also covered this topic of women in metal. Um, yeah, and so I think men sometimes only have a problem with getting used to to having women around them in this in their hobby maybe. Or in a scene where they felt safer because they could, they felt they can be free or do what they what they feel like they want to do now because there are no women around. Mm. I think some men just have this fears of getting out of themselves when there are women around. Well, if you look back on the on the history of football, um, Nicole Zelma, um, who who is on Friff with us and who's also um, the second chief editor of the um, Austrian um, football and sports magazine Ballestera, um, she's been doing a lot of historic work. And actually, um, if you look at old pictures, women have always been there watching football, um, but they have for a long time been... Um, a minority and i think the the parallel is probably what you just said about how do men think they can behave whether they're alone with each other or whether there are women present and um well i don't know so much about the metal scene or to be honest i don't know shit about it but with football i think um men and boys uh, have the impression that they can behave in a certain way at a stadium and that they have to stop doing that when women are present, which I think is not necessarily right. I mean, I don't care. Um, of course, uh, I don't want to hear uh, sexist remarks or I don't want men to be respectless uh, towards women, but like if they want to, if they want to swear at the players or uh, whatever the referee, I don't care. They don't have to stop that because women are there. So maybe sometimes I think, stadium and football in general might even be a good ground for for men and women to um well find a common ground and just you know letting loose a little bit and doing their thing um without so much having um well without so much watching themselves with everything they do and say and if it all is correct but of course as within set boundaries like don't do isms wherever you are and don't do them at the stadium. But I don't think the, the idea that I feel a lot of men have of, I have to act totally different when I go to football and there are women present. I don't think that's even right. 
Yes, I agree. But I also think that it's part of the fear or part of the, the problem some might, men might have with women being present in the stadium or at metal events. Because, um, but I, I think it's, it's, that's the case more for, for the metal scene or that's, that's an argument I've heard from the um, internet gaming community, etc., where, where all the, lots of men met each other with, with other nerds, kind of, yeah. So I think the metal scene is also a scene where um, that's not, in overall society, it's not necessarily the, the most coolest thing to be to, to listen to metal yeah so it's not it's not in the charts it's not the, the kind of music everybody likes so if you like it you're kind of uh, a nerd or uh, well a, a special person or people an outsider love weirdo it. yes outsider or chosen outsider even yeah so yes weirdo or and and i think that's that that spirit of of community which is there um It also helps many people who feel insecure, um, and that all that's often also the case with uh, the other sex. So, if if you're a man who loves metal and who's not very e easily uh, talking to women, um, he feels he meets other men who who have the same problems, and then suddenly the girls start showing up, and they're not really sure how to deal with them um so i think part of the problem is this this effect in in the metal scene I, or that's a, at least a kind of experience i had that yeah that's sometimes that the, the weirdo uh percentage in the in, is, is a little higher than you meet maybe even in in, in the football community because um in football i think that's a, a real mass phenomenon lots of people love football And it's not a, an, uh, a weirdo thing to love a football club. So maybe that's a difference. But still, for men going there, they felt that's one of the, their last places to, to behave like real men, which is bullshit, sorry. But um, yeah, still they, they seem to, to have the feeling that they need to fight this for some reason. Um And I also feel this whole uh, feminist movement, which has been getting stronger in the last years. I feel it has, has, has really moved a lot since with, with Me Too, etc. Um, I think many, many men feel the, the, the need to, to fight for this last thing they experienced to be the last really domain, which is only for men. Which it isn't, but they feel it, and so sometimes I really feel that, it, especially in this um, football culture, you you meet in the mass media or in in yeah, where it's not really as a discussed as a cultural thing, but as a I don't know how to say that, but it feels like. Um, Yeah, the boys love football and the boys love beer. And yeah, you should leave it to them because they, that's just what they need to be, to, to feel okay. And that's exactly the thing that I, as a, a not on, only as a feminist, but as a woman, I can just say that what, what, what stupid attitude is that? Because football and everything in the, on this planet, which is interesting and, and, um, 
enriching our experiences should belong to everybody. Sorry, there can't be a thing that someone disclaims for themselves because just why? Yeah. Sorry, I, I don't know if I went too far no, in my it's, thoughts. It's, it's very interesting. I have so many questions. <laughs> Or questions and comments um, <laughs> and everything. I was thinking... How? What about the the um, the LGBT community? I was I was asking myself. I was wondering if um, yes. if gay men, for example, would be would feel safe at a stadium. Well, there's been a I lot think of that's very interesting. Yeah, Mara, I think that's a topic you you know very well. Well, I mean, there there's been um, a lot of um, discussion around that for a couple of years now. Um, there's there's always the question: when is the first um, male player that is homosexual actually openly talk about it and don't feel the need it. that um, he has to hide his his true uh, identity? Um, The, the German band Ketka um, did a great song about that. Uh, it's called Der Tag wird kommen, which you could translate to, um, well, the day will come pretty much. And um, it tells the story of um, a fictional uh, male player that um, is struggling with the question whether uh, he, like, if you want to say like that, uh, can show his true colors or uh, what, well, what is that going to do um, to his career? Um, I think it's a shame that we still have to talk about something like that in 2019. But um, I think right now, um, if you look around, um, well, topics like that have uh, have become more stressful in the last couple of years than they used to be like 10 years ago, which which is really bad, I think. I think that's um, an, a social and, and political changes that... Um, have been evolving that have taken us back but um also there there's a lot that's happening in a positive way like we talked about the the rainbow flags uh, in the stadium for instance um there's a in Mainz uh, there's a fan club um that was founded uh, by um homosexual fans and um they will right now they uh well you can homosexuals as well as heterosexuals can be part of the fan club um so they have men and women but they um, actually only have homosexual men and no homosexual women because they're called um Meinzelmänner. i don't know if that maybe takes too far but um in the in the tv in germany in the second program there's like a little mascot and it's called Meinzelmann. it's um Well, because the the TV station is in Mainz, and but it has the word man in it, so a lot of women say they can't identify with that fan club. Well, maybe that's taking a little too far. But what I was going to say is, um, I did an interview with them once, and um, they told me that um, Mainz is is a is a um, a very tolerant fan community. Well which um, I don't like the, the word tolerance in that uh, capacity because it sounds like there's something yeah. to tolerate, which, you know, I think, yeah. I mean, it should just be normal. We shouldn't even have to talk about it. Um, but they still experience harsh comments and stupid comments. And I think it's, it's probably uh, you can draw a comparison 
between what women sometimes have to listen to at a stadium and what homosexuals sometimes have to listen to it it springs from similar minds to you know there's just some kind of ignorance that it's hard to come by but um i th i think it's really important there too to keep things moving and to never accept you know a certain don't come to a point where you say well it's all right so we'll take it like that we all have to work together to make to make it a good experience for everybody who comes to the stadium yes exactly because that, what i what i also was thinking about um or what what we in, in fact what we are talking about is just patriarchy which is um oppressing all of us yeah. in the stadium and everywhere else and it's not um, just uh, oppressing girls or women and and homosexual men but it's also for hetero men it's completely um if, if you think it through it just it's it's toxic for everybody so i think women going to the stadium and um homosexuals going to the stadium and just being there as just as fans, regardless of who they're sleeping with and how they reproduce, um, that should be what we fight for because football is just for everyone. And that should, should just being there and just not going away, not accept, accepting, um, things how um, they are. Yeah. Uh, in, um, in, in cells, uh, on this level, um, it's just something we just need to do. And of course, it's not, not lots of fun to fight this in the stadium when you just want to be there and watch a nice game, but still, um, it's important because that's how one day we we will not only feel safe, like you said before, but welcome and perfectly happy going to the stadium, everybody. And if we need to uh, move out the the people who just can't accept that and cannot live with that, well, I'm sorry, but yeah, deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sorry. <laughs> I'm not, not even sorry. sorry. You're yeah. right. I don't think everybody, anybody will risk them. <laughs> totally. I was drawing also uh, the parallels back to metal again because you said something uh, very important that I was um, thinking about before as well. The word community um, is so... Uh, the word community and also the way the communities present themselves because metal, for example, is supposed to be the most welcoming community in the musical subcultures. You know, like everybody's peaceful. There are not many chemical drugs involved. None really, I think. Um, there's a lot of beer, but that's like, you know, it. <laughs> <laughs> And um, metal fans, I think, think of themselves or of the metal community as, as this very friendly, peaceful people, people who welcome everybody uh, regardless of their uh, ethnicities, identities, etc. But when it comes to it, there is still a lot of, of, of discrimination and finger pointing and staring and stuff like that. And I think um, just like you just said, both of you, uh, we should just put our actions to our words and like become those welcoming communities that we want to be or that we uh, aspire to be, how we present ourselves. Um, from my experience being a Borussia Dortmund fan, it's, I do think that I have experienced a lot of community in the stadium. I was totally um, 
shocked the first times I went to the stadium of how people just interact with each other. Like they've known themselves forever. The people who have season tickets and have been standing beside each other for years and have really um, almost become friends and will small talk with you. And suddenly you get one of the season tickets of someone else and you go there and everybody still greets you and gives you a, you know, with a handshake. And of course, if, if, If the team makes a goal, then there are uh, many hugs and cheers and it's all of these. You do or, or I did get the feeling that I belong there. And um, I don't know how it is in, in, in your clubs, so to speak, but uh, Dortmund has this slogan of, um, I don't remember it exactly, but like, Uh, it unites uh, men and women from all nations and forever and stuff like that, something like that. And it's like, yeah, mm -hmm, I see the intention. It's nice. And it might be from 1909, but <laughs> when the club was founded, but it's 2019. I, I, I don't like it saying men and women, from everywhere it's like it's nice that it's from everywhere but there is more than only men and women here or 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 how we identify ourselves and we still want to belong i i i still want to be named you know it's like um that comes back to the whole um language thing that i uh that i am very uh very uh convinced that I am convinced that has to change into a more inclusive uh, language in all languages. And that's another topic for someone from someone else. <laughs> oh yes. But, um, but it's yes. also like, you know, <laughs> sure we are this welcoming community. Well then act like that. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree with all of that. <laughs> I really do. So do I, but my experience is really when, when you start, um, digging into those um, spheres of, of um, feminism or um, language um, criticism, it becomes really difficult <laughs> because you have to really um, think a lot or know a lot and, and, and go away from, from those uh, very basic things. Everybody on this planet seems to know from their from their childhood there yeah. are men and women and that's all and people always seem to be um very confused when you when you tell them yes that's that's a very basic way of seeing things <laughs> but sorry that's not the whole truth uh, let me explain to you and then they just look at you and say what yeah so people are not even aware of, of, of problems that there are or even not even problems or, or um, aspects of life that are existing. And when you just tell them, hey, it's not, it's not a su such an inclusive way to, to say um, you can, you, uh, you uh, uh, men and women, but that includes other uh, persons who don't identify as men and women. And they just look at you. Why, who are you talking about? And then that's that's really making things so difficult, but still, I'm so happy that we we start doing this, and we I feel especially as as feminists we don't we we all always have to speak out not for women, but for all people who don't um, yeah who suffer in this 
binary world we 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 seem to stuck in and yeah that's so so you you i completely agree <laughs> we should criticize those languages but also give a hand to those who who just seem shocked when we tell them that there's something to think about well i think the important thing is listen you know to to yes. the people that uh, don't have enough of a, a voice a lot of times or that do have a voice but whose voice is not heard and always be an ally and if you want to be a good ally listen first and then yes. become an ally totally. yes yeah exactly. i also think um that i agree with mara that um people might not be rude when they don't include some people it might just be because they don't know um, and I know that from myself um, I realized very late that I'm a feminist because um, I was very privileged in my childhood my parents raised me gender neutral and they also taught me to stand up for myself so I didn't really experience much sexism in, in all my life now that I hear many stories from other women I'm very shocked because I thought that doesn't happen anymore. That's from the past, but it still happens. And um, I, as a woman, didn't see that sexism or that exclusion by different people so clearly. And I, um, I was at an at a kindergarten with handicapped people, so I had, I always had to do with these people and I didn't feel that they were excluded. And I can totally understand that the, the typical white man doesn't see that people are excluded and maybe at first can't understand why they feel excluded. So mm -hmm. um, I think it's also a good way to, to give them the chance or to explain to them why people or that there are also people who don't say I'm a man or I'm a woman and all the other things Just um, just give them a friendly explanation of your feelings. And I have the feeling that some people react very aggressive and that um, many men or other people, they don't, they don't want to exclude someone. They just do it because they don't know better. Yes, I have yes, two things to say thing. about that. The first is I can totally relate or, or I see your point and I agree with it. Just like I was just saying in the beginning or, or many minutes ago about asking about the rules of football, as long as people are willing to explain to me what the <laughs> offside is, <laughs> I am willing to explain to people uh, whatever about intersectional feminism. Um, yeah. Totally. Uh, there are, of course, also uh, ways of asking. I am going to ask politely and I expect people to ask politely because if they don't ask politely and start already with, I don't know, insults or uh, aggressive misconceptions, then I might react the same way. Yeah, totally. And, but there's also the point about when you are in a heated discussion about that. It's very important to think about yourself first and first of all, not put yourself in a risky situation only only uh, to keep up the fight, the feminist fight or the good um, fight for justice. First of all, like think really, is this an environment you can discuss without uh, any violence happening? And the other thing is to think about your energy and your resources because it can also be very um, exhausting to just 
keep explaining to people and trying to make them understand when they are, I don't know, when they're stubborn and they just don't want to open up their minds. If you're in such a situation, then don't do it. And, and it might be a, a, a small defeat thinking I could have, I could have taught them better. But if you're not a not in a healthy position to do so, and and you would go out of this debate feeling totally exhausted and drained energetically, and 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 I don't know, and and maybe you 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 change something, but maybe not. It's it's something that I think you can consider, and it's still totally valid to say, dude, you're in total, you're totally in the wrong. But right now, I don't have the energy, or I just don't want to explain to you why. <laughs> Some people won't understand ever. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, but I, I, I really had the the experience sometimes that when I, when we had lots of fights with a person who just didn't want to didn't want to listen or understand what I was even talking about and made fun of me or something. And I met them later and they said, yeah, you know, actually you made me think. <laughs> and I, I did some research. It's interesting what you were telling me. And I said, yeah, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great compliment also. Oh, those are such victories. <laughs> Score. Yes, it happens. Rarely, <laughs> but it happens. Okay, I think we should come to an end. Um, but one thing that that I want to know from both of you um, or especially from, from Mara is um, you're working as a journalist and I think you're really close to Mainz 05. You also um, had interviews with a coach um, and I would like to know how they or if they react to the fact that you are a woman or if they just don't care. How do they treat you? Um, I have never, I can really say that I've never had uh, problems with uh, people that I interviewed and I, I have rarely had the impression that they thought about whether there's a woman or a man sitting um, in front of them, a female or male, male journalist. There are some colleagues uh, that, you know, you kind of get the impression uh, they they think you were messing in their boys club but i've really never had that with like the coach or or people from the club uh, that has never been an issue and um i remember that um when when sandro schwarz the current mainz coach started there was one game and they took a little video where he asked fans to come and um, he said, well, boys, uh, I expect to see you all there. And uh, everybody was shitstorming all over the place because he said boys and didn't exclude uh, everybody else who, of course, wanted to come to the game. And um, I think he was uh, very conscious about that. And I don't know if maybe that is something that that he kept in mind or in, a, in the back of his head uh, for the way... Um, he's been talking uh, ever since but no I mean probably there's differences uh, where you work but I can say for mines that the people that I've had uh, professional contact with uh, it's always been uh, very respectful and um, yeah how's your um, how are your experiences Christelle with your podcast with your Augsburg podcast Yeah, well, the thing is, um, it's about Augsburg and it's a podcast. So um, either um, when I when I tell Augsburg fans that I'm uh, hosting a, a podcast about the FC Augsburg, many say, oh, that's interesting. What is a podcast? 
And um, if I if I tell other people who, who are interested in into podcasts that I'm uh, doing a podcast about FC Augsburg, they say, "Oh, FC Augsburg." So <laughs> um, it's quite. Most in most cases, people are just ah interesting. I don't even understand what you're talking about. But um, if if I meet football fans or who are who like podcasts too, in most cases, it's just oh that's great, um, interesting. Um, and I never had any uh, negative comments about me being a woman. But uh, I had a very funny experience when I called the Finanzamt <laughs> about something I needed to to get right with my taxes um, because I well I earn a l very little money with uh, writing uh, for uh, Spiegel Online uh, about FC Augsburg, but uh, I needed to declare it correctly, so I called there and. Um, And uh, I had a woman on the phone who said, yeah, um, so what what do you do? So where does this money come from? And then I explained, yeah, I, I write about the FT Augsburg. And the, the reaction was like, what? You? <laughs> But you're a woman. And you're small. <laughs> yeah, she didn't know that. I was on the phone. <laughs> It was really funny because there was so much surprise in her words. Like I said, yeah, you know, actually I'm the Bundeskanzlerin or something. <laughs> But her reaction couldn't have been more differently. So it was really funny. And I just said, yes, why not? And then she got her stuff together and said uh, yes of course so um and then we talked through the, the topic and she explained to me how to do everything and then afterwards she said well but but if you if you know stuff about FT Augsburg you surely know my neighbor and she actually lives next to a player from oh, FT wow. Augsburg <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not sure if, if that was just to to check out if I really was telling the truth <laughs> But she did because she didn't say who he was, but she uh, she described him, and I said yes, of course that must be. Um, I don't want to say who it was. <laughs> Actually, <It's okay. laughs> he's, he's not playing for us anymore. But uh, still, uh, it was really funny because her reaction was so that really stuck in my mind because she was well, um, because we all know every journalist at the beginning of every season gets handed out all the addresses of the players sure. i mean that's just common sense <laughs> yes of course <laughs> <laughs> um, we interviewed a lot of musicians in the metal scene and also people who organize festivals and at least i never had the the impression that somebody was or treated us differently because we were a woman how did you feel about this kiki no i was i was also just thinking about that um i don't think that any uh, weird experiences that we've had ha had anything to do with our gender i mean some people are just assholes <laughs> Most people are nice. <laughs> uh, True. So, yeah, I, I don't think that... Um, I think we are privileged and lucky uh, in that when we started in 2013, um, there were many female metal journalists before us. So, or maybe not many, but some uh, important figures, I think. Um, so, I don't think that we had to 
to we were uh, not aliens yeah we weren't like uh, like pioneers uh, it wasn't like super weird we didn't have to uh, work way harder to to prove ourselves or or something we were taken serious seriously i think um or maybe we were just drunk that too that's also very possible <laughs> or if we were not taken seriously it was because we were an internet an online magazine and not because we were women I mean, yeah true that that was something yeah. else as well okay great um i have a my favorite question and that is um Does any one of you want to add something that we didn't talk about yet? Yes. I don't. I think that was a really fun uh, round and I enjoyed it very much, but um, I've said everything. <laughs> I've said my piece. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I, I just want to add one thing. I've, I felt it was a brilliant conversation. I really had so much fun and I love that we did yeah. it. Yeah, too. I also had a lot of fun. Thank you for for being our guests today. <laughs> Thanks for so inviting much, us. Yes. And I hope everybody out there um, also had fun while listening to this podcast. Our jingle is um, based on the song Storm. Wait, wait, Kiki, wait. I still have a question. If I'm wrong. Okay, sorry. Uh, but <laughs> yes, we will thank uh, Mercy Isle <laughs> for our jingle again uh, later. Um I'm sitting here in Quito in my living room and I am looking outside the window and I have the, the Olympic Stadium of uh, of Quito, of the city, right in front of me. So I am also, I miss the Borussia Dortmund Stadium and I look very much forward to um, when I'm back in Dortmund, meeting our friends in the city, uh, which is Uh, my question to you after um, our ritual for going to the stadium is meeting up in the city center, grabbing a beer, walking all the way to the stadium with a lot of other people, people dressed in yellow or uh, black and uh, maybe grabbing a currywurst um, on the way and then going like getting there to the stadium. But this, this, thing of walking all together from the city to the stadium it's just a couple kilometers and uh, but it's it's also such such a big part of the experience so does anyone of you have a ritual around your football fandom or you're going to the stadium or anything else like that yeah i do go for it um we always went to the to a restaurant it's called wirtshaus um, and they always show the games of the second uh, Bundesliga. Um, and mostly we can go there, watch the second Bundesliga. And after that, we go to the stadium with many other fans because there are also many other fans um, watching the game and eating currywurst or having a beer or something. Um, and there are always the same people. So it's a bit like um, when you have a seat in the stadium and you always have the same people around you. Um, you always also meet the same people every time in the Wirtshaus. That's also very cool. And my parents always um, have a, a schnapps that they drink before the game. Ooh. <laughs> cool. I don't really have a ritual. I don't live in Mainz anymore. So I take the bus over uh, from Wiesbaden, which is a short drive only. And then, um, well, I, I either walk into the block or I go into the press section, uh, depending on the game and what I have to do. And I'm just happy to meet the people there and watch the game. So that's my ritual. Cool. <laughs> no, well, with me, it's just... Uh 
my ritual is to to make sure everybody's fed because I struggle with uh, two little children <laughs> not going to the stadium with me and making sure they are kept <laughs> somehow. <laughs> so sometimes there's someone coming over watching them and I go with my husband. But um, in most cases, I go alone. Um, because I won the Stadion Schnick Schnack Schnuck, like uh, <laughs> I play with my husband who who can go to the next game because in most cases someone has to stay at home with the kids, and um, yeah, so when I was lucky, <laughs> I go and I'm uh, yeah, I just uh, try to get there as fast as possible and meet my sister in many most cases. But uh, well, she's pregnant now with her second child, so. Um, the ritual will change over again, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, it's also a, a good reason mm -hmm. to change it. Um, but yes, and when, when, I, when I get there, I, uh, I always made, meet the same uh, two guys um, standing in my block at the same uh, place who I, I'm, I'm sure they live there <laughs> because they <laughs> are always there before I go there, get there, always, whenever I get there. So Even when I had a, I really was there very early because I had a started a tour on the stadium before. Um, they were there before me, and that was really weird <laughs> because it was almost completely empty when I entered. But they were there already. Well, and they are there, and they always look at me and say, "Really, so late again? <laughs> What's wrong with you?" and they always say next time you have to bring a beer for the both of us and I always say yes next time and then then I uh, enter and meet my friends <laughs> that's a cool ritual cool. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's not really a ritual I think but it's always the same <laughs> then it's a ritual <laughs> okay or at least a tradition yeah <laughs> yes the tradition if, if it ever happens that it doesn't happen I'm I will be fearing for you will lose completely <laughs> yes you will go down Zero or no or whatever <laughs> no, that never happens never <laughs> i don't we don't huh. talk about this <laughs> we had a bad result in the last game yeah, of the season <laughs> very bad <laughs> Okay, um, now let's do the the advertisement part <laughs> for Mercy Isle <laughs> because they created our wonderful jingle, which you can hear in the beginning and in the end of our podcast. Um, it is based on the song Storm on the album Undying Fire. And um, if you want to follow us, Metal and High Heels, you can find us on Twitter where our name is Metal High Heels. You can also find us on Instagram, Metal and High Heels. And we are also on Facebook and on YouTube. And you can listen to this podcast wherever you want. We are on iTunes, on Spotify, Stitcher, and in every podcatcher that you can imagine. Um, where can we listen to Früf? Not on Spotify. <laughs> 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 But in every podcatcher and on the website. And if people want to follow you, um, you both of you have Twitter accounts. Yeah, so I start. Um, my Twitter account is at Cristaldo. Uh, Uh, 1907. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, my uh, Twitter, uh, well, I'm Wortpiratin, um, which is uh, the, the German word for word. Uh, it's the same spelling, but not with a D, but with a T. So it's W O R T P I R A T I N, Wortpiratin. And I'm that everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, my blog, it's all there. 
And the Friff podcast, of course, is uh, on Twitter as uh, Friff podcast. And Friff is uh, written uh, F-R-U-E-F and then podcast. Yes. Great. Thank you. And now you can watch the, <laughs> the second half of the of USA against against who are they playing? France. 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 <laughs> so that's really important for yes. us. <laughs> yes. And they, they all seem to be losing. <laughs> Thanks so much for having us though. I had a great time and I hope your listeners will enjoy it as much as we did. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting us. Bye. <laughs> Thank you and bye bye. Bye.